Oh, what an exciting game Rugby League is. Welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 9. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and there's only one way to start this podcast today, and that's by addressing the absolute classic that all the Rugby League fans of the world saw last Thursday night at Suncorp Stadium when the Melbourne Storm somehow survived got the game into Golden Point and beat the Roosters 27-25 to in an absolute classic game of football. Easily, in my opinion, the best game of the season. I think most people will agree. One of the best games of the decade and maybe, well, the new decade, but uh, one of the best games of the century uh, thus far since 2000. I've got a few games that I'd put higher than it, but it was an absolute classic game. Uh, Fast-paced, throughout, exciting football it wasn't without errors, but those errors uh, definitely changed the momentum several times. A lot of tries led from errors, but it was just overall top quality football um, by two master show coaches in Craig Bellamy and Trent Robertson. Um, and it was the Storm, who of course lost the 2018 Green Final to the Roosters uh, that emerged the victors, beating the last two-time Premiership winning team, the Sydney Roosters, in a preview, an absolute preview for finals football. It was an absolute classic there on Thursday night, and uh, it was an honor to watch. Speaking of round eight of the NRL footy tips, let's recap Steve's NRL footy tips for round eight. And as I said, it all started on Thursday night when the Melbourne Storm took care of the Roosters 27-25. to I tipped the Roosters in that one, so I was 0-1 to start the week. The Friday night games, the Raiders were too good. Uh, survived, basically, aside the late scare against the Sanctuary Jewel Dragons, winning that game 22-16. to I tipped the Raiders there, so I was 1-2 and two, um, to start the week to the 8pm game, and the Eels demolished the Cowboys. I thought it would be a close game. It was not, and we're going to get more into that game a little bit later. In particular, the Eels too good, 42-4. to four. I tipped the Eels, so I was 2-3. from three. Super Saturday game, my favourite time of the week, and the Cronulla Sharks were way too good for the Gold Coast Titans, 40 to 10. The Titans were in the match in the first half before the Sharks completely blew them away in the second. I tipped Cronulla in that game to make myself my tips free from four for the week. And then uh, the game that I ranted about so heavily last week: the Warriors versus the Brisbane Broncos was at 5:30 last Saturday, and the Warriors uh, were behind late. They managed to come back and make the Brisbane Broncos concede their sixth consecutive loss. Uh, they have not won a game since the resumption of the competition. You better believe that I'm going to get into that later in the show. I tipped the Broncos, of course, in that match. Uh, so at that point, I was three from five. My upset of the week was in the next game when the West Tigers took on the Panthers. The Panthers were too good for them, 19-12. to 12. It was a fantastic game, one of the games of the weekend. Uh, there's some brain explosions, obviously, by uh, can't not mention Joseph Leilu in this situation. We're going to address that later on. But the Panthers continue to show their premiership credentials with a great win over the West Tigers there. I tipped the Tigers for the upset of the week, as I said. So I was three from six heading into the Sunday games. And Newcastle um, managed to survive against Manly, 14-12. to 12. Uh, not despite controversy that game. We'll get into that later on the show as well. 14-12, to 12, I tipped Newcastle. So I was four from seven. Um, and then the final game of the week, uh, the Rabbitohs. Uh, they struggled a little bit throughout the game, but they managed to get the job done 26-10 to against the Bulldogs, which took me to 5-8 to for the week. Um, obviously, as I say every week on this podcast, it is my goal to get at least six a week, and I want to get that first perfect round. So not completely happy with the five from eight, and that takes my total to the year to 43 points. Um, and if you divide that by eight like I'll do right here, 
on the show live. It's 5.375 a week. Well short of my average that I want to get of six out of eight per week. So we're going to have to be better, and we're going to get into all the footy tips for round nine coming up on the show in just a second. But before I do, I'd like to thank you guys for all your continued support. We've got a, new, a lot of new likes on the Facebook page this week, so thank you very much. Um, and thank you for all the support over the first nine rounds of the competition. If you could uh, like this video, like the post that I share on Facebook, um, and please like and subscribe to wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be on Anchor, iTunes, there's a lot of people listening on Spotify, so thank you very much. Um, Google Podcasts, wherever you can get this podcast, um, it's available in most places, um, so it's an easy one to find. Thank you to all the, uh, the contributors that uh, contribute and listen to the show every week, guys like Matt Cosgrove, Aramean, Kane Hopper, thank you guys. Josh Dun- Josh Duncan's another one. Plenty of support, Jack Rankin. Um, a lot of guys out there that uh, that are supporting me, so thank you very much, uh, guys. As we get into round nine of the NRL footy tips, let's start with the Thursday night match. And round nine kicks off at Queensland Country Bank Stadium on Thursday night when the Sydney Roosters travel up there to take on the North Queensland Cowboys at their new home stadium for 2020. And of course, both of these teams coming off losses in round eight. Of course, the Sydney Roosters, as I addressed at the start of the show, versus Melbourne, absolute classic going down in that game, 27-25. and 25. Um, They had the game won with a Luke Keery field goal in the 79th minute, but the Storm managed to get the ball back. Ryan Paperhouse and slot at the field goal. They went to Golden Point. Um, and, of course, there was a mistake by Boy Cordner, um, who suffered a head knock and wasn't in a good way. He was. He, everybody knows how much of a tough player he is, so he got up and attempted to play the ball, of course, knocking it on. Um, and then Melbourne Storm got the ball and ended up winning the game. No one's going to be blaming Boy Cordner for that one. Um, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he plays with so much passion every week. Uh, but he is sitting this game out. Uh, Mitch Orpeson will move back into the starting side. And, of course, in Golden Point, they also lost Daniel Tupo last week um, to an injury. He's going to be out for a couple of months. They put Ryan Hall, who's been 19th man for a long time, uh, for the Roosters this year, 18th or 19th man. He's going to slot into the wing, p- winger position this weekend uh, alongside Josh Morris in the centres out there. The Cowboys, well, they were absolutely awful last weekend against the Eels. Man, poor no punches. When I'm talking about North Queensland, they were fantastic in the first half against Newcastle a fortnight ago where they got that win, that much-needed victory. They went in 26-0 at halftime. Uh, before an okay second half, they got the job done. And then last weekend, I thought they could carry that confidence into a game against the benchmark of the competition at the moment, the Parramatta Eels, um, who, of course, only lost one game and are sitting on top of the table. But they did not show up at all. Um, the Eels, don't get me wrong, were absolutely outstanding in that game. Clint Gusson and Dylan Brown free try assist each, and uh, Mike Acevo four tries. So take nothing away from Parramatta's performance in that one. But the Cowboys just weren't good enough. Um, and if you look at the team list this week, they have made a couple of changes. Um, Justin O'Neill and Okapak is both both out of the side. Hemiso is going to come back into the side at fullback, um, meaning Valentine Holmes is going to be shifted out to the wing. So it looks like that uh, early season experiment with Holmes in the fullback role at the moment is over. He's going to shift back into the wing. Um, and for you guys that you know might have not have watched rugby league for a long period of time, might be a newcomer to the sport. If you don't remember, before he went to NFL, he did play a little bit of fullback uh, for a season there at the, the Sharks, but he 
uh, started his career on the wing and absolutely outstanding. He's going to let no one down out there, and uh, that's evident. Just look at his Queensland try-scoring uh, record. Uh, I think he scored something like nine tries in six games to have a 1.5 strike rate in origin, which is absolutely insane. Um, so he's an attackive weapon out there. It's just going to be a matter where they can get the ball out of out there and uh, give him enough ball. But we're going to find out in the next few weeks. But they tough. Uh, they face no easy assignment. It's a very tough assignment going up against the Roosters this week, who used a lot of energy in that Golden Point game last week. It probably took a lot out of them. Um, but for me, they've got way too much strike power in this game to be bothered by the Cowboys, especially if the Cowboys come up, come out and perform what they did last week. Um, against the Eels. They need to be that side that dominated Newcastle in the first half. They're any chance in this matchup. And I expect the Roosters to be hungry for two points. They're having an absolutely fantastic season. But of course, they did lose their first two games. And last week's loss made them a record of five and three. And they should probably be better than that. Um, better winning record than that. Depend uh, Considering how they played in the opening rounds of football. So... Uh, the Roosters for Tedesco, the Morris brothers, absolutely outstanding form, and Luke Keery and Flynn are going to lead in that side around pretty well. I think they're going to be way too strong for the Cowboys in this game, and I think you've got to start questioning uh, the future of Paul McGreen uh, as the head coach for the Cowboys, uh, what his future holds, and if he is truly the man to lead them forward. Um, he had some pressure on him early season, um, but I think there's going to be a lot of question marks about this Cowboys team and whether they can play finals in 2020, because... Uh, sometimes um, they look golden, um, and Drinkwater and Clifford have both stood up individually at times without Michael Morgan, but sometimes, um, you know, they're just not up to the pace, and their forward pack sometimes has a tendency to go missing. You've got your reliable forwards like Maguire and Tamalolo, who always do their job, but there's just some guys out there that you question um, their long-time, long-term future at the club, and uh, I think the coach is gonna, has to be responsible uh, for his player management and uh, who who he's got in the team every week because it's he's been there for a long time, Paul McGreen, so it's definitely his side. I've got the Roosters in this game, as I said. Um, I think they're going to do it very comfortably, but the Roosters by 30 to start the week. I think it's going to be a, um, it's not going to be pretty for any North Queensland Cowboys fans out there. And your Friday night football action kicks off at 6 p.m. when the New Zealand Warriors travel up to Seabus Super Stadium to take on the Gold Coast Titans. The Warriors, their three wins, three losses since the resumption of the season after the COVID break. Um, pretty impressive to come back from behind and meet the Broncos last weekend. Overall, wasn't a great performance, but it's definitely going to be a confidence builder heading into this week. Um, they also get Roger Tuivavi Sheck back from suspension. Cody Nikarima uh, will be out, so uh, Channel Tavita Harris will get his opportunity there in the half partnering Blake Green. But overall, a pretty similar team to the team that took down the Broncos last weekend. Um, and, well, for the Titans, of course, last weekend, they were, I thought they were a chance against Cronulla. I really struggled on who to tip in that game before deciding on Cronulla. And they were definitely in the game in the first half before uh, a couple of things went against them and they um, really did not turn up in the second half and got blown out of the water there by Cronulla in the second half of that game. So they're going to, have to be a lot better this weekend. I thought uh, their young bloke, Bo Foma, um, was really impressive last weekend. Uh, they've made a couple of changes, the Titans as well. Mitch Rain is out injured. Aaron Clark will be starting, and Nathan Peets uh, comes in to contention to play what will be only his fourth game of the season. Um, but for the Titans... It's always going to be a long season. Um, they're definitely in a rebuilding phase as they've been for several years now. 
Justin Holbrook's inherited this team that uh, does not have a culture of winning. And if there any chance against the Warriors, which is definitely a winnable game, um, but there any chance they need Ash Taylor to be like he was a fortnight ago and Fogarty um, to just be supporting him and controlling their game. I feel like their forwards at times can go missing as well. It's a very inexperienced forward pack there with Hipgraves and Arrow leading the pack, but Full Waker, of course, has been impressive this year as well. So they're definitely in the game, but the Warriors, I mean, it's really this this game without trying to offend anyone is probably a bit of a snore fest. I mean, the Warriors, as I discussed last weekend, whatever happens in 2020, they've got all the excuses in the world against them. Changing coach, stuck in Australia. Um, they haven't been able to go out and socialize, haven't been able to see their family uh, on a lot of occasion either. Of course, a lot of them being over there in New Zealand as well, so... I mean, they're playing, they're overachieving at the moment, the Warriors. I'm going to continue them to uh, continue to back them for the rest of the season. I think they can beat the Titans and beat them well here. I've got the Warriors by 24 points. Um, the Titans might be in this game in the first half, but I expect a very similar result to last weekend. They need to be better uh, in all aspects of the game, let's be honest. Corey Thompson, one of their shining lights, though. The Titans, him and Jai Arrow, um, absolutely give, the, give it all... Uh, every week, and Thompson's been very impressive since coming over from the Tigers earlier this season. But the Warriors by 24 in this game. Let's move on to something a bit more exciting. And the main event of Friday Night Football, the second match, takes place at 7.55pm at Bankwest Stadium when the South City Rabbitohs take on the West Tigers. And for the South City Rabbitohs, it was a much-needed confidence boost beating the uh, Bulldogs there on Sunday night, 26-10 to 10 in that game. They didn't make it easy for themselves, however. A lot of the times, the Rabbitohs have been their own worst enemies with completions this year. Um, they've just unforced errors everywhere, and they really put themselves under a lot of pressure. Latrell Mitchell, uh, Cody Walker, and Adam Reynolds in particular, their playmakers haven't been the most consistent this season as well. They tend to uh, you know, do something really good and then go missing in matches. I would like to see them be a lot more consistent. Um, but overall, it was an Encouraging effort last weekend against the Bulldogs, but I don't know if they're ready to tangle against top eight teams and real contenders of this premiership. So they need to build on their confidence. They can get there, the Rabbitohs. It's just a matter of uh, whether they whether they believe believe have that belief and uh, really can hang on to the ball and put teams under pressure. Because even a fortnight ago in that Penrith game, they really put Penrith under pressure for a little bit there, and then they'll just knock the ball on and just put the pressure back on themselves, and they may be a lot more consistent uh, with their ball handling for sure. They come up against the West Tigers team that were definitely in the game last weekend against Penrith. I did not regret tipping them. They were my upset of the week. Uh, The Panthers were attacking for 30 minutes, basically, on the Tigers' line, uh, and to only keep them... They had so much possession on the Tigers' line. To only keep... Penrith to one try was a tremendous effort by the Tigers. They come down, they uh, definitely level the game up, and they really get into the game before a couple of late uh, bad reads in defense and a couple of bad decisions on the last in attack. And, of course, a brain explosion that we're going to get too into it, into more in a minute um, cost them the game. So the Tigers, this is definitely a winnable game for them, and I'm not going to really dwell on the Joseph Lewis situation apart from saying a couple things about it that I need to get off my chest. I mean, I've not been the biggest Joseph Leilua fan in his career. I thought the Raiders, he wasn't the most disciplined guy. He had a tendency to do stupid things at the wrong time, and I don't want to be too critical on him. But if you look at that grand final last year, I think the Roosters and the Raiders were tired at that point of the match, um, and they had a 
attacking rate in the first half last year. Joseph Leilua, he's on attack. All he has to do is pass it to Jordan Rapana because he's dragged the defense in. He had ample time to pass it out there, and Rapana goes over, and the Raiders take the lead in that Korean final. However, he tried to score himself. He didn't pass it to his man that he had outside of him, and, of course, he got tackled. And as I said, the only reason I'm going back to that is because on Saturday night, you looked at a very similar opportunity in that game. Uh, he just had to pass it out to his winger out there in North Luma, I believe it was. Um... And the Tigers were over, and the game was tied 6-0, but he ran himself and got tackled, and the Tigers did not score from that set. So even before you get to the controversy um, of the late shot, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy. Later in the game, you've got, of course, his brother gets injured, uh, and Corus and a couple of the Panthers guys go up, and they try to, you know, just apologize and wish his brother the best. He did not re- react to that well. He reacted to that very aggressively, which led to the cheap shot later in the game, and... Uh, to be honest, four to six weeks, whatever he's going to get, it's very light compared to what he could have got because it was an absolute dog act and there's no place for that in rugby league. However, it was a big occasion for him last week against their former coach in Ivan Cleary. The Tigers are going to have to be focused on the prize against the Rabbitohs this week. Michael Maguire going up against his old club. And he knows uh, that the Tigers need to be at their best because we all know what the Rabbitohs are capable of when they're on. And if they can hang on to the football and really cause pressure to this Tigers team, who uh, we know they're good in defense, uh, but they can expend a lot of energy down there. I think the Rabbitohs can be in a very good position to win this game. Um, Damien Cook and Cam Murray were back to their best last weekend as well. And you just see that some of the key men for the Rabbitohs are improving every week. As I said, I don't know if they're good enough to tangle with the top sides this season, the Rabbitohs, but they can really build on their confidence and really get somewhere uh, at the, this midpoint of the season. Whoever wins this game between these two sides um, definitely have an opportunity to cement themselves into the top eight. The Rabbitohs, I think they're sitting just outside of it and the Tigers are just sitting into it. So, huge game for both these teams. I've got the Rabbitohs by one in a very close game. I mean, the Tigers for me, as I said, they, they're really in games with, and with their defense is very strong at times, but they're very inconsistent, just like the Rabbitohs. So it's a hard game to tip this one. I just think the Rabbitohs um, will take a lot from that win against the Bulldogs. It wasn't pretty. They got the job done. And I think they can build with confidence with a win against the Tigers this weekend. And it's time for my favorite time of the week. Say it with me, ladies and gentlemen. Super Saturday. And it all starts at 3 p.m. at Nostrada Jubilee Stadium. The Sharks, of course, being based out of Cogra this season. When the Cronulla Sharks take on the Penrith Panthers there at 3 p.m. And what a battle this game is going to be. It's got the potential to be the sleeper game of the week here. The Panthers, absolutely in tremendous form. Uh, they've only lost one game and drew a game against Newcastle. Absolutely outstanding form. And it continued last weekend against the Tigers. Uh, they weren't at their best, but they... We're definitely good enough to get the job done. Um, and the Panthers team, not at their best, is still better than the majority of the other teams in the competition at the moment. I was in, particularly impressed yet again by Nathan Cleary. Uh, Corusia standing up, and he's proven to be potentially the buy of the season. Absolutely outstanding effort by him as well. Um, and the young guys like Naden and Crichton, these guys were pretty impressive as well um, so far this year, and in particular the last fortnight. So... The Panthers are in a really good place, and Cronulla, they were slow starters to the season, but they're really getting a roll on here. I believe that was their third win in the row in a row last weekend against the Titans. It was a, you know, not the hardest match in the world at Middle but it was definitely a confidence booster for them. 
And this is going to be a real test to see exactly where Cronulla are in terms of the Premiership race this season. If they're going to be a top eight team, I think they can really prove it and make a statement against uh, one of the top teams in the competition in Penrith this week. Good to see Andrew Rafita getting back to uh, some of his best form last weekend. I still have questions over his long-term health. I don't know how that knee is and his playing future for the Sharks, but good to see him at his best and Sean Johnson really coming into his own. I think he's finally at the point where he's uh, where he's getting comfortable in that Cronulla jersey and starting to play some real consistent football, and I feel like he's comfortable um, with Townsend and Moylan and Dugan and all these guys around him, so... Um, good signs for Cronulla. Um, I did not have them in my top eight for the season, but if they they win this game, they're definitely going to prove to me that they could be a finalist in 2020. Speaking of Matt Moylan, he is out this weekend, of course, doing that hamstring again last weekend. I hope that he's back on the field sooner than later because he was starting to get into this really good form and he was dominating that first half against the Titans in the first 20 minutes last weekend. Um, but I hate, you know, seeing players injured, and Matt Moylan in particular has had a terrible run of injury in the past few seasons. So the sooner he's back on the field, the better. But if I was Canelo, I wouldn't be rushing back at the same time because he doesn't want to re-injure that hamstring like Tom Trojevic has done and be out for an extended period of time. They've put Josh Dugan back there at fullback this weekend. Um, so he's an experienced campaigner back there at fullback. He knows what his job will be. Um and uh, he's, he knows what it's going to be like against the Penrith team that are hungry to continue their success of 2020 in this game. I think it's going to be a tight battle. I don't know if there's going to be too many points scored. I, I'm liking the look of the Cronulla's defense more so than the start of the season. Penrith haven't been leaking very many points either. So I expect a tight match, maybe you know a, a 2016 or an 18-14, something like that. I don't expect there to be too many points, but I've got Penrith... In this one by four points. I mean, it's going to be a lot more closer, however, than many people think. And Penrith, at this rate, I see them maybe even securing a top four finish this season because they're on a tremendous run of form. And uh, hopefully, for those Penrith fans, it continues well into the off season because it's been a while since Penrith won a premiership like the Eels. They've got a lot of expect- expectation on them for the rest of the season. So good on you, Penrith. Keep it up. At 5.30 on Saturday afternoon, the round continues at Suncorp Stadium when the Brisbane Broncos and the Canterbury Bulldogs uh, play there. Both teams are needing a win very, very badly. And to me, the game that I've been dreading to tip this weekend, last weekend I may have gone a little bit overboard with the Broncos rant, but I think they proved my points. Uh, they are all over the place at the moment. They should have won that game against the Warriors. It was a much improved effort. And like Laurie Daly said early in the week, I was watching that game on Saturday. I saw the ending of it. The Broncos weren't good enough to take the win there. Their players were in tears, and let's be honest, the club is at a, at a probably the worst point in their history uh, to this point over their 30-plus year history, the Broncos over there. But I question whether some of those tears were real. And don't take anything away from the fact that I'm sure they tried in the game, but I just find it very funny that they get criticised for laughing against the Titans after that loss a fortnight ago to uh, suddenly, after this game, crying. Some of those guys give everything every single week. Guys like Huss, Carrigan. I know Croft's trying out there to lead that team around, but it's very convenient, is all I'm going to say, those tears last weekend. So 
The Broncos, it's it's easy how to solve their problem at the moment, and that's getting a win, and Seaboyd needs to get them confident because on paper, this is a game that the Broncos should win. They should beat the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs have only won one game this season. They stay in the grind, the Bulldogs. are going to fight every week, so they're not a bad team to watch. They're not a bad team to, uh, to tip in this game, but the Broncos, you look at the talent on paper, they've got guys like Huss, they've got Pengai Jr., they've got Croft, they've got all these guys in their side, they just need to make it happen on the field, I don't know what is happening at the club, as I said, I don't know how they've gone downhill this much, but if they don't win this weekend, the Broncos won't win for a long, long period of time, trust me when I say that, and I look at their team that they've named this weekend, They've made no changes. They have not made a single change to their lineup apart from Corey Oates starting. Maybe he didn't start last week. And no, they've got Flegger back on the bench. So they've got Oates starting. Tony Staggs still not back in the team. He was rumored to come back from injury. His name's at, in the 20 jersey. So he might be, might be a late inclusion. Same with Matt Lodge. Uh, but making no changes, I find absolutely ridiculous. How can Milford, Boyd, these guys stay in the team, especially Milford? He's had so many chances to control the team. When your forwards aren't firing, your backs aren't firing, it comes to your halves, and it comes to the kicking game, and these guys just are not delivering. Croft's coming to a new system. I don't blame him too much. I mean, you can tell that he's trying. Milford's been at the Broncos for years, and he's not delivering. So why is he still in the team? Let's be honest right now. I'm not going to get too much in the Broncos because they just frustrate me. So I'm going to go to the Bulldogs and let's acknowledge the fact that they are grinding in every game. They're trying to grind out victories. Their attack early in the year, as hard in their sole win against the Dragons, 22-2, I think it was like four or five weekends ago, they can score points. Um, Foran is trying his best to, to spark some creative guys, but they just need to find more points. I mean, their defense is really good. Luke Thompson will be starting his first game in the NRL this weekend in the lock position, coming over from the Super League, a huge signing for the Bulldogs there. But I think he just adds more defensively. I mean, he, is, he can be in a, a can add some spark and attack, but as I said, they're, gonna, they're not going to concede many points to the Bulldogs. I don't know if the Broncos can score many points against them. I honestly don't know who to tip in this game, but by looking at these team lists, the Broncos, by just sticking to the same team every week, even though they're not performing... I've tipped them several weeks in a row. I tipped them against Newcastle. I tipped them against the Warriors. I tipped them against the Titans. They didn't win any of those games. I'm sick of tipping the Broncos. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. I don't even care if it makes logical sense. I don't care if the Broncos are $1.50 on tab or sports bet. How can you tip the Broncos after watching this season? The Bulldogs, they have only won one game. The Broncos have won two. Yeah, sure, the Broncos are ahead of them. The Bulldogs are last on the ladder. But at least I know that the Bulldogs are going to be trying to win the game every weekend, and they're going to be giving it at all. I can't say that for all the Broncos guys. As I said, I can say that for Huss. I can say that for Croft and Carrigan. I don't know if I can say that for many of those other guys out there right now. This should be a game the Broncos win. I just don't think they're going to. I've got the Bulldogs by four points in this game because the Bulldogs are going to try their ass off to win this game. Will the Broncos? Who knows? So I hope you guys get a lot of rest at 5.30 in that snorefest between the Broncos and the Bulldogs and wake up for the 7.35 game, which promises to be an absolute blockbuster when the Canberra Raiders host the Melbourne Storm from GIO Stadium down there in Canberra. And we all know it happened in round three when the season resumed. At Amy Park, the Raiders travelled down there and absolutely dominated the Melbourne Storm and they've their recent history. They've dominated the Storm several times in Amy Park, including a finals win Last year, in week one of the playoffs, the Raiders last weekend, they weren't their best 
in a win against the Dragons. They cruised out to an 18-0 lead before kind of putting the gas off a little bit and taking the pedal off, which is a bit of a worrying sign, and they let the Dragons come back in that game, and they barely end up with a victory, of course, winning that game 22-16. to They did enough to win, however, not without a couple of injuries to guys like Soliola, um, and, you know, already added to injuries to Bateman and Corey Horsburgh. Uh, Emre Gula, another one that got injured last weekend as well. So they're missing a couple of forwards, the Raiders, and they're going to have to be their absolute best if they're going to beat the Melbourne Storm this time, considering the Storm making a huge statement last weekend, beating the reigning premiers, the Sydney Roosters, an absolute classic 27-25. to And after 79 minutes, it was 25-24. to You thought Melbourne were gone. I mean, they had given everything throughout 80 minutes, and it was an absolutely incredible effort for them to get the ball back in the kickoff, pass it to Happy Housen, who leveled it up. Huge effort um, before they got, of course, a penalty in Golden Point to win the game 27-25. So it was absolute class from Melbourne. Um, they gave everything in that match, and they proved that they still are, which a lot of people doubt at the start of every year, mind you. They, they always doubt, can the Storm make the finals this year? Can they make the top four this year? The Storm, they're too old. They can't get it done anymore. Craig Bellamy's lost it. Cameron Smith needs to retire. Every year, they prove their haters wrong, and that's why I never tip them to not make the top four. They have proven, in my opinion, last weekend with that win against the Roosters that they are top four certainties, and they do have a terrible record against Canberra, but Canberra, down on confidence. They are still my premiership prediction, but they need to get their act together in the next month or two. There's going to be no better test against the Storm. I'm looking forward to this game tremendously. If the Canberra Raiders are to win it, they need uh, Wyden and George Williams, their new recruit, at their absolute best leading this team around. Of course, they're a bit light on forwards at the moment. Parley's going to be back into the starting team. I think he came off bench like, the bench last weekend for a little bit of impact. But he's going to be having to play his best, still close to 80 minutes this weekend because he's taking on the likes of Smith, who's back in the 5-8 position this week, of course. Uh, Bromwich, Gafusi. Kenneth Bromwich and Dale Finuke and all these guys so experienced uh, in the forward pack and guys like Hudson Young who will start his first game back from his eight-week suspension that he suffered last year uh, and Whitehead and Tarpany. I don't know if they're going to be able to match it with the Storm's intensity. They're going to come out fired up the Storm. The Raiders are going to have to match that intensity um, and they're going to have to be able to find points because Melbourne's defense at periods can be extremely, extremely good. And I know that the Roosters scored 25 points against them last week, but that is the Premiers and the Premiers in a lot of form. So I think it's a very tough game for the Raiders to win. The Raiders are still my Premiership predictor, but I just can't find a way to tip them at this uh, this weekend. I think the Storm um, are strong everywhere at the moment. Um, and the Raiders down on confidence. I think if they can keep this game close with Melbourne, it will be a real confidence boost for the rest of the season. But I've got the Storm by eight points in this one. But don't get me wrong, it should be an absolute classic game of football, and I can't wait to watch it. And Sunday football on the Sunday ticket on Fox Sports starts at 4.05 p.m. live from McDonald's Jones Stadium when the Newcastle Knights host the Parramatta Eels. Both of these teams having an absolutely outstanding 2020, overachieving, and Newcastle, they got back to the winner's circle last weekend with a controversial win against Manly. They were very good at periods of that game, but... They need a lot more consistent and a lot better if they're to take on the team that have only lost one game this week, uh, this year against the Sydney Roosters, and that is the Parramatta Eels, who are absolutely looking unstoppable at the moment. Last weekend, such a complete performance. 
They lost Mitchell Moses, which made me question um, whether their game management would be as good. But Dylan Brown and Clint Gufson really stepped up, controlled the team. They ended up getting free a try assist to each of their names. And, of course, the big Fijian wigger, Mike Acevo, crossing for four tries. They are looking a complete team at the moment, the Eels. I mean, even that loss against the Roosters, they were very much in the game. Jifield came in last weekend, scored a try, did his job very well. And their forward pack, guys like Campbell, Gillard, Paulo, Lane, Madison, all foreign. They also boosted by the return of Nathan Brown this weekend. So I see only positives for this Eels side at the moment. The Knights, well... They take, as I said, they've been very impressive in 2020. They managed to get a much-needed win last weekend to prove that um, the start of the season wasn't just a fluke and they're going to be there long-term. But uh, worrying for them that teams seem to be maybe figuring out Kalen Pong. I mean, they're kicking out a lot. They've really taken the young gun out of the game. So I'd like to see Rome get more involved in attack. Uh, Pierce and Kurt Mann still playing good football. Their forward pack, not as damaging as they were at the start of the season, though. I'd really like to see Saifidi and Clemmer, who are both in good forms, uh, continue to uh, to lead by example, and hopefully guys like Fitzgibbon and Guerrero can get more involved into their game, um, into each game that they play every week. Uh, so it's going to be a close game. I think the Eels deserve to be favourites in this one. I mean, as I said, they're just proven every week that they're a real premiership threat. I see this one going no different. I've got the Eels by 10 points. Even though Newcastle, they're a team that will fight. Adam O'Brien's got this team prepped for finals in 2020, and I don't see them losing this game easily, but I think the Eels just have too much firepower at the moment. Clint Gufson's form, absolutely outstanding, and there's a reason why he's on top of the M leaderboard at the moment. And round nine comes to an end at 6.30pm, which I believe is our last 6.30 game of the year. I think they're shifting back to a 2 and 4 o'clock schedule next Sunday. But it comes to an end at 6.30 when the St. George Lord Dragons at Colgra there host the Manly Seagulls. Both of these teams need a win. The Dragons, well, they have turned their season around a little bit this season. but And they almost got the job done the last fortnight against the Roosters and Raiders' top opposition uh, they're going to find it a little bit easier this weekend against the Manly side that are very competitive and really stay in the contest, but are really lacking firepower in attack without Tom Sarovic and Dylan Walker being there. Their attack very much was based around Tom Sarovic. And I said last week on the podcast I'd like to see Cherry Evans step up. I think he did that to a certain point last week. Of course, he did get sinbinned early in that game and he came back on and scored a very good try. Um, but... At the end of the day, I mean, you can take the controversy and and controversy of the game and say all you want about it, whether it should have been a penalty, whether Bradman Best did take out Sully there at the end of that game. I think it was Sully anyway. Take him out at the end of the game or not. I don't think the referees... So the Graham Ennisley has come out and said that he thinks that it should have been a penalty and the Manly Seagulls should have had a chance to level up the game. I personally have a different point of view and... Sure, by the letter of the law, I guess when you look at it, and I've looked at, back at it a few times now, it warrants a penalty, maybe. I, I, I think you can definitely argue that to the letter of the law. The bunker saw it differently. I see it differently. It didn't impact the play at all. I mean, there was the Knights guy in front of him. Bravin Best, I think, was pretty committed to the tackle. Um, and you had a had a guy back there who covered um, the ball for the Newcastle. So it was never going to be a try. Did the push warrant a penalty? Maybe. Um, but in my opinion, I don't know if that should... If it's not impacting anything around you, um, and it's not like a dog shot like Leilua did, I question whether it should have been a penalty. But Manly fans definitely have a right to be mad. 
um, and definitely feel a little bit robbed because they definitely would have had a chance to tie that game up. I don't know if they kicked the penalty goal, um, but it was definitely a contagious call either way. And of course, um, it hurts even more when you factor in that game against Parramatta earlier this season, which Manly should have won. It was not a forward pass uh, by Tom Jurovic. Manly should have won that game um, and been in the top eight right now, but unfortunately they're not. They need to move on from that. Focus on the Dragons because the Dragons have an opportunity this weekend to really upset uh, Manly, especially uh, considering, as I said, they've been pretty impressive the last uh, couple of weekends against the Roosters and the Raiders. They started that game against Canberra terribly last weekend, but they really fought hard and got back in their game, and I was impressed at points uh, by guys like uh, like Dufty, who obviously scored a couple to get back in the game, who, as I've said multiple times, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but in, in attack anyway, he's uh, starting to get in a little bit of form, which is good to see for the Dragons fans out there, um, and Corey Norman and Clune, their partnership, sometimes Norman looked awful kicking out on the full, pr- in a terrible kick early in that game in particular. His game management can be questioned at times, but Adam Clune, I think, has been very good since he coming into first grade. And I think they've really uh, made a very smart decision looking at team list this weekend. I was going to bring it up anyway. Ben Hunt has been playing very good since moving to Hooker and actually starting him there this week and putting McInnes back in a lock, which I think is a very, very good move, meaning both of those guys can play 80 minutes and give the Dragons a lot more attacking freedom, a lot more playmakers on the field, and more options in general um, out there. So... I think the the Dragons on the up, and I think they can definitely win some more games in 2020. Can they beat Manly, though? Well, Manly, of course, they're missing Adam Fenua-Blake. From that controversy last uh, weekend, of course, he was very outspoken in what he thought of the ref, and he he's going to be sitting down for a couple of weeks because of a result of that. Going to be an interesting game. As I said, Manly are not a team to concede points lightly. I mean, they were far from their best when they conceded at 40 against Cronulla a fortnight ago but they've proved against Newcastle that they're going to try to grind out wins without Tommy and Dylan Walker, get them back on board, and they can really focus on their attack, but they're going to really try to win games based on their defense, um, and it's just going to be a matter of whether the Dragons can crack them. Mainly, we'll have probably about two or three tries in this game. I mean, they can score points, and at times, I think they will against the Dragons' defense at some times that can be criticized as lazy. But it's whether the Dragons can outscore them. And I honestly think that with their changes they've made, their positive changes the Dragons have made to really open up the game a little bit more and give them more attacking opportunities with a lot of playmakers out there. I think the Dragons are capable of an upset in this game. And I've got the Dragons by 10 against Manly, who I said will be competitive, will be fighting uh, every, every minute of this game. But I think the Dragons at the moment just have a little bit too much firepower, which... I can't believe I would say if I was going back a month ago, but I've got the Dragons beating Manly by 10 in this one. And that concludes my tips for round nine of the NRL Telstra Premiership. What a weekend of football. We have to look forward to a lot of games that could go away. It's going to be a very entertaining weekend. Let's recap my footy tips quickly uh, on Thursday night with the Roosters being way too strong for the Cowboys. The Friday night games, I've got the Warriors beating the Titans, the Rabbitohs just beating the Tigers. Super Saturday comes around, and we've got Penrith just just beating Cronulla, who are in form at the moment. I've got the Bulldogs beating the Broncos somehow in an upset. Don't know how that to, that's an upset, but apparently it is. I've got the Storm, who are also paying $2 value pick against Canberra. Um, and on Sunday, I've got 
the Eels are proving, continuing to prove that they're definitely the team to beat in this competition against Newcastle. And I've got the Dragons upsetting Manly there on Sunday. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as always. Go on to Steve's, uh, Steve's uh, bets of the week. I'm going to go Melbourne. 50 bucks just on Melbourne head-to-head. They're paying two bucks. You can double your money, get to 100. I think it's almost a certainty. And that I'm not saying that lightly because... Obviously, Canberra on my premiership predictor, uh, prediction for this season. I still think they're very much capable of winning the comp, but they are a little bit under strength at the moment. And the fact that Melbourne have lost a lot of games recently to Canberra, I think Craig Bellamy is going to have it fired up and ready to win this weekend. Hopefully this the week I can get my first perfect round of the year. I've been saying it for nine weeks now. Let's hope this is the one I can finally get that curse off my back. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast this weekend. Thank you uh, for all your continued support. Please like uh, this post when you see it on the Facebook page. Please support anywhere you guys can. I appreciate all the support. If you guys want to see more content uh, coming into the finals this year or next year, um, you just got to keep supporting um, and show that you're interested in this. Guests could be on the way. I'm not promising anywhere anything at the moment, um, but it could be something I can work on this year as well. So thank you guys for listening. And I'll see you guys next weekend, uh, next week, sorry, on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Enjoy your footy for round nine.